This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. Hello, hi y'all. This is Daniel Eisenman, the host of the Breaking Normal podcast, where my guests are all invited based on the frequency of synchronicity, all done in person, and all trailblazers and the breaking of all things normal. Aloha, y'all. Welcome back to the Breaking Normal podcast. It's been many minutes, and this is one of my favorite episodes with Vincent Thomas. He was my Uber driver. And as y'all may know, and I'll explain here farther into the episode, how I have started a side hustle called hashtag yo UberTube about 10 episodes in. And I sort of broke normal, and instead of interviewing my passengers, I did a full podcast uh, interview with one of my drivers. And funny enough, the next time I got a ride was with another Tesla driver. I think I might interview him next. So stay tuned for all the side hustles that are possible in your back pocket. And speaking of your back pocket, which you probably want to put back there as well as Tribe Vitamins, I just received another testimony yesterday, something along the lines as, This is the best supplement I've ever used in my life, especially since I'm a recovering vegan for the last eight years. That is probably the epitome of the most common testimony we get. So if you have not tried the indigenous superfoods encapsulated, these were foods that were used as medicine by the indigenous people of North America before pharmacies ever existed. Get yourself some as well. And I have a feeling you might be inspired to get an Uber and Lyft app going once you finish this episode. And it's very important that you do it correctly because there's quite the learning curve and I can cut that out for you. So Vincent shares his number uh, later in the episode. So I'm going to share mine right here, right now so that you can get the best bang for your buck if you decide that you want to start getting paid to drive to the airport or wherever you're going. For me, Um, I love going to the hot springs to the west of me, so I can turn my Uber on towards the hot springs and get paid to go there. Let's go. My phone number, 404-538-3156. Text me, and I'll send you my link, and I'll break it down how you can make the most money with the most ease. I mean, this is a kind of a crazy time we're in, and if we're not taking advantage of it, I mean, I'm not sure if we're crazy in the cool way, if you know what I'm saying. Anywho, I love y'all. I so appreciate the support over the years. And this is the official start to the new season of Breaking Normal. Let's go. Keep doing it, y'all. And you know what? Let's, uh, for the outro, maybe I'll share a segment of the Breaking Normal book because that is a great way to get you launched on uh, getting addicted to approval. I mean, getting addicted to authenticity rather than approval, breaking that approval to addiction, addiction to approval. Were you able to follow that? (laughs) All right. I think it'll all start to make more sense and a lot more sense towards the end of this episode. Keep breaking normal, y'all. Peace in. Aloha, y'all. Holy moly. Wow. Welcome to the new season of Breaking Normal. I've had a uh, unexpected busy four months, like busy in the most fulfilling ways. Not even busy is not the right word. Committed, committed, committed to my daughter. And um, I, yeah. Long story short, podcast has been put on pause for the longest I think it has since I launched it, and I'm here relaunching it with my new friend Vincent. Thomas, 
I'm super stoked to be here with him. Let me give a little backstory. Well, actually, how do you think we know each other? <laughs> Putting me on the spot, man. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I am down in Colorado vacating, and I was happening to drive up in Boulder and picked up Daniel and his daughter and his girlfriend and yeah instantly he was really sociable he was really cool seemed like a very positive dude and shared a couple things about me being an artist and coming from texas and he thought that i would be a cool guest right that's 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 a great sum, summary and synopsis I, I would like to add a few details that um as you may or may not know uh, vincent and uh y'all there listening I definitely take advantage of the side hustle opportunity of Ubering and lifting in West Boulder, especially when college is in session, to not only get paid up to like an extra 2000 bucks a week if I'm really driving a lot, but also to um, drive around with the tried vitamins bottles in the back, uh, my Breaking Normal book in the back. And um, it's actually how we got our first investor for Tribe Vitamins was an Uber passenger's roommate. Wow. A little like, seed fund to kickstart us along with our Kickstarter. So it's like, I can't brag enough. And I've even gotten some friends to do it and hit these goals where I got like an $800 bonus. And I'm like, this is sort of wild, especially if you're sociable, how I think you described me earlier. And... Um, I used to drive around with my two pit bulls in the front. I mean, I've done all <laughs> kinds of fun experiments. And, it, and it's really, it really pays in West Boulder, I would say, particularly, because you can do a lot of short, quick rides. And that yeah. is one of the keys to unlocking a lot of the bonuses mm -hmm. on these rideshare apps. Do you do both Lyft and Uber or just? I do Uber. Okay. My brother does Lyft, though. Does he do that in Texas? No. Um, we both only do it in Colorado because he's been living in Colorado for like 10 years now. And... When I used to stay down here, I was to have my Uber account. And when I moved to Texas, um, at the start of the pandemic, I was having a lot of art projects that was calling my name. And so I had to make a decision. Do I want to stay? Do I want to leave? And so um, obviously I did what was best for my passion. It um, never changed my Uber account. And so when I vacated down here, I was like, man, I... I'm a workaholic, man. So like, I'm kind of like you, you know, have everything in my car, try to promote as much as possible, just really get myself out there. So um, I thought getting back on Uber was really cool. Why not, you know, make extra money, um, support my art and supplies and yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, a brilliant idea for someone that can work in their schedule. And I'll share my link with anyone that is <laughs> listening that's interested. So you just can text me. I'll put my phone number and everything because I loved it. Like I think my friend that stayed with me that used my car that made like the $3,000 in one month uh, making so many friends on the road here in Boulder, I got like an $800 bonus because of it. So it's like, let's mm. rock on. And I don't know if the bonus, they, they change it a lot. Like they were paying high during the pandemic. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they, they were making a killing. If you were working the pandemic, you were experiencing a lot of highs and lows i would say <laughs> but definitely the highs on on the financial end 
So that was cool. And one of the things I started doing was this thing. I do a, a little video, like a three minute interview with that, someone that I think would be aligned that has something to share. And I call it Yo UberTube, like hashtag Yo ah. UberTube. I'm like 10 episodes in. I've been sharing it on my Instagram and YouTube. And that's been a lot of fun. And then someone told me about this guy, this name Ryan is driving or something. Have you heard of this? I haven't. Uh, this guy was like, oh, you're like that guy, like Ryan is driving. He's like, he used to drive for Uber, but he's just killing it on YouTube uh, now <laughs> and because of this channel. Mm. And uh, so I just think that like for someone that is tr double or triple or quadruple dipping with it, it is such an amazing side hustle. It's like harder. It's hard to find a better one. Yeah, honestly, it's so crazy that you say that because I met this woman. She, she was like a dancer in California uh probably in the late 70s so she was um around 25 30 so of course she didn't have uber back then and one of the things that she was just sharing with me she was like man i really wish that i had this opportunity you had because i understand your story about being a creative and trying to like you know make ends meet and also just um keep the dream going because she wasn't able to keep her dream going due to the fact that eventually um bills and just life took a toll and she wasn't able to financially uphold herself. So it was, it was, in, it's interesting nowadays seeing how, um, how much financial freedom and assets we do have, especially with side hustles like Uber. Um, I do think Uber is definitely a great platform to, um, keep the schedule flexible and still make a lot of good money. Yeah, driving on your own schedule, especially, and they don't take taxes out. You know, you're so you're responsible for your own. Come on, um, and on that note, it's like for you, for instance. So when I saw your Uber, it was I think we were going out for my birthday or something mm. potentially to like our sushi spot. Yeah, yeah, and or or it was to Salt maybe the next night. Anyways. I saw your account and I was like, okay, he's coming with the red Tesla. And I was like, oh, and he's been on the TV show and he's an artist. Like you have it all <laughs> laid out there. And I'm like, that's so brilliant. And I remember I was pretty quiet because in the very beginning, because I was doing something on my phone, but um, I made sure to check in with you because I was like, this guy, I think before you even picked me up, I'm like, this guy could be my podcast. Cool, cool. And um, sure enough, I remember that future and here we are. And I'm thinking like, I'm remembering a future for you. Like someone's going to listen to this and it's going to open up so many more opportunities. For sure. For sure. And I because you're doing that. the Uber thing mm -hmm. and other things. It's like more of it's deeper than the Uber thing, but you, your essence is manifesting this like Uber dream in a way, like how I feel like I am in a way. Yeah, definitely. I think we, we share that common experience um, and it's, it's all about putting yourself out there. You know, you won't be able to really expand, um, anything that you do if you're not, you know, making yourself accessible to the world. So that's one thing I really love about Uber is that you're going to meet strangers, you're going to meet new people. And that's an opportunity to like really live in the moment and connect with that person. So I think we, um, was able to form a connection and here we are yeah it's cool i mean thank y'all thank everybody i just love how this all works ja. and i um i'm so i used to travel for like t over a decade almost like every a month to every new place oh wow and i would um there was a play like we've stayed in north county san diego for a bit of time and certain hawaiian islands but like what, and I think it is possible because now Uber and Lyft offer, offer these renting opportunities. Mm -hmm. 
But I wish, and this is my request, and I'm asking Uber and Lyft to consider this, <laughs> that to make it ultra easy for people like us that love being drivers and that add mm-hmm. value to everyone, everyone's experience, including our own, is why not like make it extra easy for us to just go to Hawaii and be an Uber driver while we're on vacation? Right. You know, and that's um, part of the improvement and upgrading um, a platform system that takes place when it comes to like getting feedback from the consumers and then getting feedback from the drivers. Um, I think Uber definitely should consider that because when you look at other apps like DoorDash, um, I've done DoorDash before and it doesn't matter what state you're in. You can just um, push the button and you can go. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Because I love doing this to learn about this. Like DoorDash is a, I haven't done DoorDash exactly. I've done the Uber Eats to when it's hit their bonus. Mm-hmm. And I don't love it as much as driving people around. Yeah. However, I learned a lot about where I live. Mm-hmm. and like what people are eating and like about the restaurants and i thought it was a very edutaining experience yeah for sure for sure and even the apartment structures and how people are living it's like i found mm-hmm. like places like i didn't know this was back here what the heck i drive yeah. i drove by this like a hundred times it's i feel like it's also good for audience engagement so like that's another thing that i really do um i have my degree in this design and marketing so a lot of the things that we look at as a marketer is we have to read our audience and understand what they are consuming, what what they are, you know, engaging with. And I think one thing about Uber, when you're doing things like Uber Eats or DoorDash, you're able to pick up those analytics and really take a gauge for what people like around the city. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's fascinating. And it's just to be on the front lines. I believe mm-hmm. there's a real... Um, art and being in the front lines of these marketing campaign i used to, that's what i used to do before like when i traveled i used to do like two, brand marketing uh brand ambassador work promotional modeling um to go get paid to go to like bonnaroo instead of paying to go mm. and so not only do i have that request my here's do you, the tesla you drive is that yours or are you renting it or is it through the or do you own it so they do have the renting options through the Teslas. I, I saw that. Um, got one actually off the marketplace. So Hertz, they sell different cars on the marketplace. Um, the lady at um, the Littleton Hertz department, she had recommended me to look into the marketplace. And then I found a Tesla for $31,000 because it was used. And, you know, a lot of the people who engage with Teslas, they want sparkling new Teslas. And um, that Tesla out there has a couple scratches, you know, things like that. But it, you couldn't tell when you got in the car. So, Well, I'm also extra interested in the EVs for the purposes of all the bonuses you get. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, like, one thing about the EVs that give you, like, a electric vehicle plan for, um, you know, using the chargers. Um, so you save a typically, depending on how much you drive, sometimes I save it up to like 50 bucks, 80 bucks, 100 bucks. Um, and that's per week. Um, so I think using the EVs not only is great for the environment, of course, but not having to really worry about gas, especially while we're in like inflation and everything. You see the gas prices um, rising. Um, it feels good as a driver because um, you're kind of just plugging it up and going keeps the money consistent and keeps the keeps your fees low so it's really cool 
Yeah, I'm for, I almost forgot to pull out my notepad with all of these. Uh, these are this is a valuable conversation for someone that's wanting to get into the ride share as a side hustle. I mean, yeah. your main hustle, by the way, I just want to make sure we mention it is art. Yeah, can you sure. tell it because you were on a, you're on a TV show currently or something? Yeah, so I was previously on a TV show called Public Artists. Um, you can stream it on HBO, Apple, um, Discovery Channel, or Magnolia Network. Um, and about that show, pretty much, I really got. I feel like blessed or some people say lucky, but I say blessed because I feel like nothing is coincidental. Um, I was doing a good amount of art in my hometown, which is Waco, Texas. Um, A lot of people know me for art. So I was able to do a mural during COVID and it was out of chalk and it got on the news, local news in my city. And um, a lady named Fiona Bond, she recommended that I applied to another um, little art competition challenge that was going on in the city and it was like a chalk it's called Chalk Waco and it's a little festival where everybody in the community comes in town and you have all these all of these different vendors from out of state and it's a big weekend where they just sell things and engage in like all this beautiful chalk art and murals that is um, taking place from all of these different unique local artists. And so I was one of the artists during that as well. And just one piece after another, um, I got kind of scouted out to audition for um, public artists, um, which was being produced by All3 Media Network and um, Magnolia Network. And I happened to get on the show. They did a lot of like storytelling aspects of the show. It was competitive, but it wasn't in the fact of like, you know, harsh reality TV where you're fighting and cussing, you know, it was very family friendly, which I love because I have a son. My son was able to get on the show as well. Mm. Um, And so they just did like a spotlight of each different artist, which was four of us. And then we competed against our mini murals for to win a big mural who's going to paint the biggest mural um, in the city, which was on a historic building called the Hippodrome. So it was really cool. I did not win, but um, the experience and just being able to get that for myself and learn how TV work and learn how production works with art, it was really it was really um, a rare experience for me. Yeah, it sounds like you've, you uh, value educational experiences. I do. Um one of the biggest things about myself is that I I love being a student of life. I love learning and taking in um, different experiences, not only from the earth, whatever the universe offers, but also just people in general. I feel we all have so much to offer to one another. And so being that student, it feels really good to hone in and different experiences and, you know, just be present. Yeah, man, you, um, your son, Kai, how old's Kai? He's three years old. Three years old. Is that your only child? That's my only child, man. He's my, he's my little treasure. Yeah, do you want to elaborate what makes him a treasure to you? Of course. So, of course not. With him being my firstborn and my first son, um, I feel a lot of men um, who do have sons, um, we look at them as the legacy that we carry within ourselves um so looking at him he's just a blessing man because i wasn't expecting him um 
and his mother wasn't either, she was less likely to conceive a, a child. So when she had got pregnant, we were really worried about if she was going to have a miscarriage or um, whether she was going to have a stillbirth or, you know, just the challenges that come with pregnancy alone that a lot of women face on this earth. Um, it was really a lot of prayers that I was saying during that experience, during that time. And so I felt like I was connecting with him spiritually, although he wasn't physically here on this earth. I was metaphysically connecting with him and I would get little signs and symbols that, you know, just about him and his presence and his energy that was going to come onto this earth. So I ended up praying one day and I discovered that I was going to have a son. And I told the mother of my child at the time um, that, hey, we're having a son. And she was like, no way. How do you know? And I was like, because you know how women, they look at the belly and they're like, oh, if it's low, then it's a boy. If it's high, it's like, you know, those I've different things. I've heard everything. Yeah, everything. you hear everything, dude. And so everything about a coin flip allegedly <laughs> allegedly no seriously so it was funny because she was just like asking how did i know um looking at her and everything and i was like no i i had this vision and i typically have visions um and i see things because i'm an artist um sometimes i draw it from my imagination and i had a vision that i was having a son and i told her and I was just getting little glimpses of him and his energy, like seashells and mm. things like that. And he's happened to be a Scorpio. So he's a water sign. So um, he's born in November 18th. And so um, it was just really weird how synchronized the experience was for me. So I, I already knew he was going to be something very special in my life and her life and those surrounding us. And he really makes us happy. He smiles all the time. And um he might be on the spectrum of autism, but you can just tell that he takes so much joy in just being around his loved ones. So that's my little angel, man. I'm happy I asked. Kai, what a cool name. Where'd that come from? Um, so his mother chose it, which is funny about the water sign and seashells and Scorpio. Um, Kai means ocean or water. Um, and or like king of the ocean and it was just kind of funny because as a baby man he was such a peaceful child like he slept he slept through the night he never really woke up and cried um and he just really loved nature he always loved water and it's funny because man he was in the pool the other day back in texas and he was just having a blast and playing in the water and he just he loves going to the pool and going outside like playing in sprinklers and stuff like that so he's like living up to his energy it's so crazy i definitely believe in kids playing in sprinklers that's like a, this metaphor or like a sort of like um yeah just an idea that i play with in the book breaking normal mm. and, and water and sprinklers and all that the freedom of that like wild inner child and yeah. um how important that is um and i want to note that you because we only met a few days ago you have you know nothing about breaking normal i know absolutely zero <laughs> <laughs> that's how i like that's kind of like my vision for the show in a way is like the schedule of synchronicity and i when i saw what was happening i was like oh yeah this is good this is so i'm, I'm stoked <laughs> you're here man is there anything you want to make sure that we talk about Man, um, I'm a real person, so I like talking about real aspects of life, you know? So whatever you feel is on your heart in this moment, I think um, the people, and not only myself, will appreciate 
and uh, they can feel that authenticity, you know, that like originality in our conversation, genuine conversation. That's what I really, really appreciate. So um, things that happening around the earth, you know, what, whether it's like um, weather changes or just the environment, um, um, day-to-day life, like the, the struggles, um, even like us being both creatives, I feel like we both wear so many hats and it's so funny i just recently got like yeah i just got like a whole collection of hats i was like (laughs) that's a symbolic thing yeah man we we wear so many hats and i think people um underappreciate artists and creatives um it takes a lot of brain power to do what we do and a lot of heart and a lot of passion um you receive a lot of no's and you receive a lot of like criticism and it's competitive out there but especially with um, social media nowadays we we have so much to look at and to compare ourselves to, but I think um, being a creative and being somebody who appreciate the arts, um, you really, you really just want to value time and the essence that we live in when we get the chance to really breathe in these spaces. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate like when you walked into this space for the first time. I appreciated how you. Uh liked what was going on and what you saw because it's like i think you did you use the terminology an eyeful mm-hmm. yeah it is an eyeful mm-hmm. of an art of art on the wall and you know part of the reason i'll just tell you why i do that oh and all the like the little collectibles i forgot what you called them but um yeah yeah i do think that j- just as some people believe if they're like lucid dreaming and to that art that they can like dream things in, on purpose to change their waking reality. Like I, I feel like if I see eagles and cougars and elephants <laughs> and a pronghorn and pit bulls and bison and like the psychedelic cat and this little pig coming out of the plant <laughs> and like the superheroes behind you, which I'm probably going to let go soon and all, and the herd of bison that I might be a part of, it's just like a reminder of the reality that I choose to be in. There's like yeah, Daniel. Sure. Yeah, and um, so it is an eyeful, and uh, my girlfriend's made fun of it a little bit, and we've thinned out quite a bit, and it is funny. It is funny, mm-hmm. but I also have a six-year-old daughter, and I I like that like she spends very little time on screens, and like if this is what she's mostly seeing, this and this out in nature, I'm like this, mm-hmm. these are good little symbols mm-hmm. to remember. Exactly, and I think that that's important, especially. Um, being in your home, having a space where you're reminded of all the good things that life has to offer. And that's what I feel when I step into this space is I feel a sense of um, like comfortability and openness and freedom and um, like a wild, a wildness about it. It's, it's really, it's really feels like adventurous you feel like somebody who, you know, has explored different <laughs> spaces and environments, which is really cool. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I I really dig this space. It's really dope. I wish people could see it more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this space is all about the location for me as well, because I live right next to where the uh, creek comes out of the canyon before it hits mm-hmm. the town. That's my. This is my favorite part of Boulder. I've explored different parts, but I like to live right here, like between, like, third and west but not too west i don't want to like because a lot of people when they live in the mountains it seems like i don't see them much anymore (laughs) (laughs) 
So like, like, right. I feel like that's a, always a great place to live in any town is like, firstly, you could look at homesteads, like where were the homesteads built? Because they were probably like on some sort of spring, like fresh mm-hmm. water. I think fresh water is a big deal. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, I just imagine the indigenous wisdom that I try to surround myself with symbolically and in reality. Mm-hmm. I feel like the indigenous wisdom is like you people were probably looking right here to settle before the mountain, right, right yeah. at the edge of the mountain. Or at least to set up shop for a bit and do some art. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. Like, I have a question for you. Are you into, like, the indigenous practices and everything? Or oh, Man, there's, um, I've, wow, look, look, look at that bird. Was that, what the heck? Speaking of, there's, like, a huge bird, like, flying in within <laughs> our view right now. And it's, like, coming right towards us. Is that an eagle or a turkey vulture? I have no clue, but I see oh, it. That's so gosh. cool. Um, I definitely believe in indigenous wisdom Mm -hmm. and I definitely believe that it's been, um, a lot of people try to hide it Mm -hmm. and I hear that. Yeah. A lot of people try to, whether it's from the outside in or the inside out. (laughs) And, um, one of the things that I feel the most called to with the indigenous medicine or wisdom is the bison for sure. Mm. Like, uh, this process of, Making known that the uh, parts that the bison is medicine mm. has, I, I feel somehow um, I've been very welcomed by any indigenous people that mm. I've interacted with, including we did a bison harvest recently where a lot of the members of the Lakota tribe came wow. and did a um, like a prayer song before, during, middle. It was a whole prayer ceremony, the whole harvest. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. So I feel like I have a lot to learn about that, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, even, I, it's kind of crazy to think about because I imagine a lot of indigenous people, like just like tribes within the North America don't even have the same beliefs. So it's oh yeah, sure. it's hard to know which ones I fully resonate with. But I definitely resonate with the reverence of the bison mm. and the other indigenous animals of this land. They were here before yeah. Europeans arrived or humans yeah. were here. So do you... Um have you looked into like spirit animals and things like that do you feel like the bison is your spirit animal yeah. in a way <laughs> that's yeah I, have, no, I haven't looked into it too much but i've had a lot of people around me that do look into mm-hmm. it a lot yeah. and it's hard to say exactly what i how i like i don't know if i would phrase it in the same way but i definitely believe there is a resonance with me and a bison like the bison like I'm, i feel like i'm part of a herd <laughs> Ah, I feel okay. like I'm part of a bison herd. <laughs> That's really cool. whatever that means. And then a lot of times in my life, I I've had like the and I still may uh, like feel the most associate with a dolphin. Okay, which is interesting. That is interesting. Elaborate. Well, I know you have to. You yeah, can. I mean, I've, I've I've had I've found so much joy in the mm-hmm. uh, surfing. Oh, and the yeah. best surfers in the world that are these like playful mammals <laughs> that are just so beautiful and, and intimidating as strong and athletic as all out. They like surf together. They have sex for pleasure. They're always smiling. <laughs> They're always like <laughs> speaking, always smiling. <laughs> They're just incredibly majestic. Um, yeah. I love the pod part of it as well. And mm. they're even a little uh, mischievous, it sounds like, in a lot of ways. Um, and I think they're the, the intelligence on dolphins is beyond our understanding and they're like sonar so i can't tell if i'm just like 
just so captivated by this crest is a crustacean what do you call them (laughs) (laughs) Um, don't ask me man i'm gonna butcher the name (laughs) um but like for instance i have it's very like i think bison meat is one of the best things in the world to eat oh well and i do not have no interest in hurting or killing or eating a dolphin (laughs) never and i have no interest in hurting a bison like i do have interest in um understanding that they can lay their body down through a human's ability to kill and then provide the utmost abundance of food, shelter, uh, jewelry, skincare products, mm-hmm. uh, clothing. They're very resourceful. It's un- and they, yeah, it's unbelievable. It is. It's very true. It's, uh, so it's more like I... <sighs> Yeah, those are my two. Though I don't know how I don't know how to do, um, categorize them exactly right now, but yeah, dolphins and bison. That's cool though. Like um, especially dolphins. I don't know. I really like dolphins, man. I think they have a very nostalgic energy about them that a lot of people appreciate. How about yourself? Do you do you would you say you have a spirit animal, or how would you say this? Oh man, that's it's interesting because I I've have dove into. Um, research about spirit animals and why they enter people's journeys and life paths and um the different meanings behind like like even spiders and like like the smallest insects a bee or whatever um they all hold so many different meanings um and i'm pretty sure like you said each indigenous tribe um have different traditions for each one um but a animal i guess or it's more of an insect that I resonate with a lot is a butterfly. Oh. Um, when I was younger, before I was like leaving off into college and my art journey and doing all these different things that I've happened to experience, I was pretty depressed, man. I was a pretty sad teenager. And um, I've always was seeking this answer or seeking this um, realization, epiphany about life in general and just wondering why am I here and like what is my purpose and how would I get there and things like that and during that time when I was doing that soul searching I was encountering a lot of butterflies Mm. and one day I was at a park that was kind of like closed off um, and this butterfly led me to like this tree full of butterflies it had like all these cocoons and all these butterflies just flying around it like they were almost traveling to the next destination and um it was a monarch butterfly at at the time that i was seeing this and man when i tell you that i felt that deeply within my soul like i still have that video on my phone today because i took my my phone out and i recorded it because it just felt so spiritual i instantly um felt the the sense of freedom and i reflected back into my own life and I realized that I needed a moment of freedom. And I had to really decide what that was for me at the time. And so I traveled off to Atlanta, Georgia, and traveled off to New York City. And I was doing a lot of different gigs and experiencing and just exploring different cities and cultures. And I think that really allowed me to ground myself in my spirit and understand that you can transform, you can fly out to whatever you want to, man. and. Um, as long as you know where your roots are at and um, you feel rooted in not only your your own energy and your spirit, but um, understanding that purpose of spreading that enlightenment of traveling and 
and um, diversity and bringing that back into your own community. Um, that was a lot of, of life lessons that I took from the butterfly. So I really resonate with the butterfly. And that's pretty beautiful here. Have you been to the Butterfly Pavilion here? In, I have not. I'm wondering what you would think about that. <laughs> if you went. I said check it out, honestly. Um, it's funny because even though I come out to Butter a lot, I feel like it's such a, even though it's like people consider it a small town, like a small college town, it's still so much to explore mm -hmm. because nature is massive. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's so true. Because I used to, I that's all right. Yeah, there's a few things we could talk about. Well, let's see if we can talk about it because I feel like it's one of those things that might be. What's that word when it's impossible to talk about? <laughs> you know that word? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> um, but like the butterfly too, and like when you mentioned like the phone recording and even Boulder. Like, let's see if I can tie this all together. I used to travel the world like. I'll try aiming to see as much as I can, like almost as fast as I can. Oh, wow. Like for a decade. Like it was crazy. I, I went all 50 states, about 20 countries. It was like a lot of travel. And it was like in depth for a lot of towns, like a month. Like that was in depth. Mm -hmm. I was really hustling for that one month. It wasn't like I was resting much. I was like exploring these towns as hard as I could and get and like trying to, uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> because we, I was hosting retreats every quarter. So I was aiming oh, wow. to like find out the best of the best of what to do for this group. And that was like very important to me. And um, when I got to Boulder, I realized I'm going to be staying in Boulder for a while. I Like exploring the nooks and crannies of this place almost seems as big as the whole world. Mm. and like how the weather changes so fast here this place is like a wild world like after going to all 50 states and i see all these people that want to live here and i've even like dabbled in a little bit of real estate such situations because i'm learning this is like a crazy situation going on here like on the mountain mm -hmm. range of boulder colorado because of the tech bubble is becoming it's like a little san francisco in the mountains of colorado no very true that's a good way to put it oh my gosh it's crazy like so many people are selling these like multi-million dollar homes because they like bought them for like a fraction of the price years ago and they're like what the heck my house can sell for this much okay i guess yeah. i'm gonna move mm -hmm. <laughs> no that's very true man people out here has a lot of money or at least financial residue so yeah definitely. it's a super creative town too when it comes especially to technology and like athletics mm -hmm. super athletes around here um the the, the diversities that i would say it's the one like eyesore of yeah. boulder as like i've analyzed this one with one of my previous podcast guests his name is hollis mm -hmm. so that's so funny his name's hollis carter well now i'm even forgetting last names but anyways he runs this group called baby bathwater that's a great episode but he he's argued that boulder colorado is the best home base in the world mm -hmm. but obviously your main issue is going to be a lack of diversity yeah i actually had a writer point that out to me the other day she was an artist from the east coast and she traveled out to paris so she had the chance to experience a lot of different cultures and demographics and she she asked me she said um i don't mean this in any disrespectful way or like i don't want to sound weird um because she was a caucasian woman um she said she was like why is there so many white people and i told her i said well that's a good question. <laughs> I was like, it really is a good question. Um, and I think that one thing about Boulder is you do see different races and different um, cultures out here, um, especially because it's, you know, um, different international airport is, I believe, the second largest international airport in the world. 
Um, so you have a lot of different people fly out into Colorado in general, but specifically Boulder, because like you said previously, um, the technology out here is growing, but you still have this vast amount of nature that you can tap into mm-hmm. for research. And so you send you you um, see a lot of these companies and individuals that work in like biology and scientific research and they come out here and they, you know, they house their departments here for research and studying. And you have the university, Colorado University out here. And um, that helps a lot with diversifying the community here. So mm-hmm. I do think that there's an opportunity for um, growth there in that aspect. But um, I think that like any, any place in the United States, you're going to feel a sense of um, racial disparity, especially in climates where financial um, endeavors are higher. You know, the economics here are higher. Um, living costs here are higher. So you're going to see less people of color here for sure because um, they may not feel that they can obtain those resources or they may not have seen this opportunity in their lifetime before through um, prior examples, whether it's their parents or grandparents. Um, so they may not even be looking at Colorado or Boulder as a place to stay in general. So I find that interesting as well. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing about this conversation, it's almost, like it's almost now in the past, it is in the past, mm-hmm. and one of the things I would say it's happening, the shift is happening, is because Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, are you yeah, familiar with this? of course. He's a cultural impact, for sure. Deion Sanders <laughs> is arguably one of the greatest athletes to ever live. For sure, for sure. He played the game very well. Baseball and football, same day. Mm-hmm. Who can do that? I think he like ran faster backwards than anyone. Maybe I don't even know. I, like he's a legend, <laughs> and he has brought so much. I mean, I think I've seen Lil Wayne here with him. Yeah, uh, Rick Ross here with him. Yep, and the list goes on and on. And I'm like, this guy is the. I mean, I, it is very exciting. Like, and the football team here is not the best team in the world. Maybe yet we'll see what happens. <laughs> but it is the maybe the most relevant team on earth right now. Mm, relevant football true. team like at least on social media these guys are geniuses yeah. and i got to run into uh his son one of his videographers and him oh well. and they're they are they're in it they are in it to win it they're just mm. so like he's like a little camera crew in the belgian malamov all yeah. he's like everywhere <laughs> he goes he looks like he's on camera it's amazing <laughs> and I, it's funny you say that because like that's the importance man of opening these spaces you know to different people and um us have you know these uniqueness about us because we are able to we are able to just gain so much whether it's just from running into somebody and that moment in space like you gotten to see their team and see how they operate their cameras and production i'm pretty sure that was inspiring to you in a way um and i'm pretty sure there's a lot of um young black students that are now attending Boulder because of Coach Prime, specifically because he has called so many different um, demographics back into um, the city. So yeah, he's definitely a cultural impact, especially in my community. Um, Seeing him coach um, equally as well as he plays it's exciting, man. Yeah, it's exciting man. to see what he brings to Colorado. I don't know how long he plans on staying, but um, I'm sure if he stays any longer, it's just gonna get better and better. Yeah. Yeah, and even just getting this much like a social media attention on video mm-hmm. of Boulder, like a lot of these people have never seen Boulder. Exactly. They would have ne- like they may have only like be following these kind of football demographics or <laughs> Coach mm-hmm. Prime Sons demographics or whatever it is. They're like, what the heck is it? Because Boulder is kind of like unbelievable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I tell people all the time it's a cul-de-sac. 
in Colorado, you know, you everybody's familiar with Denver and that's like the city of Colorado. It's the staple, you know, and so when you come up north to a city like Boulder, you're not sure what to expect, honestly. You might hear different stories about it from different people, but until you like actually get here, you won't know. <laughs> yeah, I love it here. I love it here. And to circle back once again to the side hustle of Uber, here's another idea. You know mm -hmm. how we requested Uber and Lyft to make it extra easy for us to go to vacation, like in Hawaii or Iceland or wherever it might be, and like get paid our regular rate to learn about the city and drive awesome people around. Why doesn't a company like Rivian give me a truck mm. to drive around? Like, why would they not do that? That's a good question. Honestly. Because they look at Uber and Lyft using Tesla. They're renting out Teslas. Mm -hmm. So Tesla's getting all this free attention. And not everyone free. Easy. I mean, like, people are paying quite a bit of money to rent some of these. Yeah, it's a good marketing strategy for sure. For everybody involved. But why Rivian? Why would Rivian not just hook up a few of the most charismatic drivers around the country What's and up, their best guys? demographics and be like, bro. Just give me a hundred rides a month and you get to keep this car. Yeah, I mean, they're hearing it here first. From <laughs> Daniel, what's up? Give my man's a car. Give him a truck. I, He's I think, ready. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think there's ways to do it. Like for Uber and Lyft, the original idea of going on vacation, like if you give like a thousand five-star rating rides, you, you know, have the car ready and, and the big island or wherever it is. Yeah, but check this out. Isn't that the exciting thing about social media nowadays? Like you can ask for something. And then possibly get it because, you know, people are like, wait, why not give this man's a car? Or like, why not do this? Like, this is a really good, you know, idea. And then somebody on their team, like, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, let's partner with that. And it's just crazy to see how many dreams are able to come through through doing things like podcasts and using social media, man. So I don't know, man. I it's important that we continue to ask these questions, especially with brands, because essentially, you know, people hold the power. So why not give us a little bit? And I, oh, I think it's possible they might already be doing this and they just need to hear about it. <laughs> but like maybe not through the Uber or Lyft. Maybe they haven't thought about that, especially in Boulder. I mean, this is the rib, this is where you want, this is what happens. I drive the Ford Edge and people, I mean, you, maybe you can attest to this. Are people yeah. that ride in your Tesla curious about the Tesla? Hell yeah, dude. When I tell you, so many people get in that car and they're like, this is the first time I ever ridden in a Tesla. And now it's gotten to the point where some people have told me before they get in my car, Uber is sending them a video, a tutorial of how to open the doors. Oh, because I've, yeah, I've gotten, yeah. that is a little tricky. <laughs> if you're for the first time. <laughs> well, you know, once you get the drunk drivers at night, it, it's almost impossible. It's like putting them in a game room, <laughs> the escape room, you know what I'm saying? And trying to see if they can actually get in the car. <laughs> oh, so my funny. gosh. That is funny. Oh, wow. But yeah, man, it's free marketing. Like, I understand that you're, you're paying for X, Y, and Z, but those moments like that, you're not paying for those moments for where the driver is connecting with the, the rider and you're almost the driver themselves are practically selling the car to these consumers who are getting inside the car because they're asking questions like, how do you like the Tesla? Is it smooth? Like, what's your favorite thing about it? And essentially, I'm, you know, being a driver is selling the product saying, hey, this is what I love about it. This is why I think you should get it. This is how it's great for the environment. And so, yeah, I think... um 
more brands will pick it, pick up on you know these things. Um, I even find it interesting how Seven Eleven. I don't know if you check this out on your Uber app, but Seven Eleven offered our drivers like discount on snacks and refreshments. I have seen that. And so it's like us as drivers, if we take benefits from that, or even like I believe they have a college that you can go to, like an online college that. You can do for like one year free. Oh, I saw that one too. You know, it's like these different promotional items that Uber is connecting with these different um, industries. And I think that it's powerful because we're only going to speak good things about the experiences that we are gaining from getting these promotions and these rewards for working so hard on the platform. So I think more brands will take note. Um, And I think it's something that will continue to evolve and grow. Especially as years come, because I, it's so crazy, man. You told me that you just said earlier in this podcast episode that you made what about two thousand a week if you drive really, really. You know? Oh yeah, I think that yeah. was. I've, I've, most drivers I've talked to that live in Boulder. That seems to be like fourteen hundred to twenty five hundred, depending on how many hours they're driving and how busy it is. Yeah, no, I tell people all the time I make about two thousand to three thousand a week driving and this is my part-time thing that i do and i don't do it full-time all year long so imagine you're making two thousand to three thousand a week and you're out here even for a month that's four weeks that's about ten to twelve thousand dollars and i think people still have this perception about um these services these platforms that you know like do share rise or delivery services they they see it as a a means of struggle but it's really a means of hustle and it's about driving um through different incomes and different um what they call it um oh man you know like the seven streams of income yeah, or whatever the ID- income, yeah. yeah like it's the streams of income and it's like um it's not for everybody i won't say that it's for everybody but if you are somebody who is looking for an alternative way and still work for yourself, still be that business owner, still be that entrepreneur, be that dreamer, be whatever you want to be. Um, if you just need extra money for your family, it's like, don't be afraid to to hop on the platforms and see how it works for yourself. And just don't hop on the platform, number one. That's the number one rule. If you're going to sign up for Uber, DoorDash, Lyft, any of these platforms, Make sure that you talk to somebody who is already on the platform because you both can make more money. Like you said, it doesn't make sense to sign up solo dolo and you miss out on a free $1,000. And and on that note, there are certain hacks like staying within areas for like certain people that Mm -hmm. I know that would drive them like – if I don't give them these certain hacks, they might just quit after a couple of days exactly. because they're not using it properly. There mm-hmm. are ways to use these apps. I mean, this is a whole thing too. I, and there must be like, <laughs> there is. must be like courses out there. That's another whole conversation we can tap into as well. <laughs> I don't know how, how you, how many um, drivers you experienced or like gotten to connect with, but um, it's a community out here. It really is. And there's hacks to, to the driving and to making more money some people keep it to themselves it's kind of crazy to <laughs> to meet people and they're like yeah i have this secret i haven't told anybody this is how you can make an extra 200 bucks uh, and it's just it's it's real and so like if you're a novice to the game and you have nobody to connect with you will feel a sense of struggle or you will just feel or maybe not but it's more likely for you to experience um self-doubt in that in that experience because you might think like wait am i doing this right or 
why why is why is the fee so high or like why am i spending x y and z on gas and you know it's just so many different things and so many different loopholes to discover within these platforms it is very important to form a community and connect with other drivers and service members yeah i mean like for instance when it's surging like when it's like paying 30 bucks extra per ride because like a college game is going on or something yeah like you have to stay here if someone oh, takes an airport ride for $70 or $60 or $50 <laughs> and then they're just missing like 10 $30 rides, it's like, oh Man. my gosh. <laughs> when, I tell you, when I tell you the surges, that is the biggest one I feel that people tend to strategize on. Because essentially, you can go from making, what, $30 an hour? Mind you, that's like the median. $30 an hour, right? It's like the median. Like, you're going to make Across 30. the country? Well, I think for at least in Colorado. Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Especially in Boulder. Like, I think if you make $30 an hour, you're pretty much on pace with, you know, a lot of different Uber drivers. Um, but you can go from like $30 an hour to almost $100 an hour. Yeah. Easily, easily not, with those searches. And that's why I have, like, my account. I'm, like, I'm on, kind of on call. Like, I'm, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. Coach Prime's hosting an event here today. Yeah. It's like, let's check the searches. <laughs> so I think that's so important. And once again, I'll, I might even do something like leave my phone number in the beginning of the intro or something. Like, you can text me. If you're interested in driving an Uber or Lyft, I'm happy. And I've done that with friends, and we've hit the bonuses. And then they still use it because it's so like, uh, even if they're not doing it at all, like barely part-time, if they're going to the airport to go pick up a friend, they can just turn on their app, get a ride, to, get paid to go to the airport and then pick up their friend. Mm-hmm. There's True. like so many little added little cool benefits. And most importantly is what I'm saying about this is the multi-marketing of it, the multi-marketing mm. opportunities of it. Like I'm surprised like Rivian hasn't given the truck yet, for instance. <laughs> But like, how, even like clothing companies or restaurants, like why is a restaurant not like hounded me for like, how do they not have the data of me like giving all these good rides and hounded me like, why don't you give a free drink to our uh, happy yeah. hour? Come on, can we, we'll pay you, uh, everyone that gives your name, we'll pay you five or 10 bucks. It's like, the, and then like even the hat, a cool hat, it's like, it's endless. Yeah. That is a big marketing opportunity because you spend this sort of like sacred quality. It's kind of a... Uh, vulnerable space for someone it was very vulnerable for a lot of people to be driven around by a stranger for sure so it creates a very unique atmosphere for someone that's willing to talk about it Mm-hmm. yeah for sure for sure man i have people come into my car and they're like they're almost wild like they're almost healed sometimes <laughs> like the conversations that we have and how people vent during their rise or just need to really get something off of their chest because they're going through a long day man we're i don't want to say we're taking therapist jobs but essentially we're like mini therapists in a way like we are we're the, these people comfort zone you know um, especially if i'm picking up someone from ketamine therapy right <laughs> yeah they're like they're in some crazy space and, just like, and then they start talking to me and like yeah i'm like listening i'm not trying to ignore them i'm like okay we got 100%. 10 minutes here I'm, we'll talk about it 100% man I had a an experience where I picked up and shout out to Pride Month you know it's Pride Month um, so happy Pride Month to all of the people in the LGBTQ plus um, community but I pick up somebody who was transform um, there was going through a transformation and simply me asking for their pronouns literally made that person's whole day 
and they shared a really deep experience about how they struggled um, in the South with abuse and um, had to go to rehab, drug addiction and everything because they were so depressed and so um, they felt so misunderstood and just the small things like asking for pronouns and listening and speaking to people during your ride can literally change a person's whole vibration and how they feel about themselves. That person walked out of my car so confident and loved and all I did was just listen and talk. And then there's like that, and then there, that's why there's an art to this. In mm -hmm. my, like, a perfect example is like you maybe you ask someone else their pronouns and they might be like, what? You know? Yeah. And then sure. you, <laughs> but you have the art of communication and charisma. What do you call it? Do you call it something? Art of. I like you say, like the, the art of communication. Um, and that might yeah. be sort of a prerequisite to make. Not, no, I'm not saying it's a prerequisite. That it's a, like it's a, that, that's the wrong word. That is what will be refined in this process. Mm -hmm. Is the art of communication for someone that's willing. And I think that's really important, don't you feel? Yeah. Oh. The amazingly. age of social media, where we're continuously disconnected from real time, like real time experiences. Um, I feel having that skill and refining that skill and engaging with others and both of you like it, it's not just like a personal development right it's a intertwined experience with somebody else and they're developing as well as you're developing and so i feel like it's so important that we have that moment in this lifetime to communicate and learn how to evolve and grow within those like spaces you know what i'm saying especially in short time frames where it's a stranger Cause as we grow up, what what do they tell you as a kid when you're a stranger? Like, don't speak to strangers, right? So we already have like this. Which is so funny, cause like for Davina, my daughter, mm -hmm. I I put her in so many amazingly social situations that yeah. are where like all kinds of new people that I am observing. Mm -hmm. I agree that like don't just go randomly by yourself if you're <laughs> yeah. five years old to talking to strangers, and she kind of she knows that because she's interacted with so many people with different mm -hmm. um, intentions, with different attitudes, with different personalities, exactly. and, and I, like I'm wanting to maybe pull out of this for someone that's listening that might be interested that like I, I kind of picture someone thinking like yeah well these guys are like charismatic and they know how to talk like uh, like so someone's like well I need a script and what I'm saying is you can't just have anyone that walks into you are like hey what are your pronouns like yeah, that's not yeah. the, always the first it's not like there's not a line please that don't do that guys <laughs> there's not a line that works and that's where people I might get they might get intimidated mm. so like as you both of us as fathers and drivers and artists and all these other things that where we put ourselves and probably endless social situations um how does uh, someone that doesn't feel like they just watched a computer screen yeah. for 10 years straight well how did they pull that out of them what do you have any tips or tricks or for sure 100 percent, guys if you're listening and you're introvert extrovert but no it doesn't matter who you are you know if you're somebody who's trying to develop communication skills just like anything in life practice Practice, practice, practice. You're not going to get better sitting in your comfort zone. You're not going to get better um, suppressing your energy away from the world. You're going to have to step outside, and it's that simple. And really get uncomfortable. If you're somebody who doesn't like speaking to people, then maybe make it a challenge for yourself, even if it's as small as once a month. 
make it a challenge to go meet a new friend. Make it a challenge to um, get yourself out there and, you know, market yourself, brand yourself. Even if you're not into those things, just simply meeting a new friend will be practice. And I'm sure you wasn't always this communicative and, you know, free, open hearted and, you know, just expressing yourself through podcasts. And I wasn't always this way either. I was I used to be a very shy teenager. I used to be a very shy kid. And um, it's just practice because the more you practice, the more you feel confident in your own energy and what you're expressing. You start to get a sense of who you are and who you're becoming and you start to love it, honestly. And that is cool. Like for someone that's like motivated by the money of driving, for instance, mm-hmm. they're kind of forced into this. I mean, some drivers are just silent and they, they just do that. Which that's, man, how? I, I don't know. I, that's how, crazy. I don't know how they do it either. Like I've, I've been in like cars and I can just tell they're like trying not to talk to me. And I'm like, dang, I like some pretty cool things to say. And we have like five minutes. <laughs> like, don't you want to talk a little bit? <laughs> which is fine. By the way, which is fine. Let's yeah. make this disclaimer. Let's make this disclaimer really quick. If you are a writer and you want to get into your car, into the car, peace and quiet, there's nothing wrong with it. I promise you. Us as drivers, we're not upset. We're not, you know, we're not feeling less than who we are as a driver because you want to come into the car and you want it to be completely silent. You know, it's all about comfortability and that's where it's an art to it. Like you said, there's no one one size fit all moment with uber driving because you might get somebody who will still tip you very very well because they just were extremely comfortable in silence Mm -hmm. and you were able to offer them that peace and moment for themselves because these are people who are essentially working and working all day long and and even if they're not working we have no clue what a person is going through behind the scenes so sometimes just that peace of mind and that silence is important um but there's other factors that play a role into making people feel comfortable in your car. And I'm sure you're aware of this, um, but like things that I keep in my car, and I don't know if you remember what I kept in my car. Do you remember? Mm, wow. <laughs> I saw some water bottles on the side. Yeah. Am I right? Three yeah, water- you I did. Said, I saw three water bottles on the side. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I like to keep things like water because water is just great. You know, hydration is so important to the body. So if somebody's coming into a car, especially in Colorado where it gets warm, mm-hmm. you know, drinking some water can just change the whole game. Mm-hmm. And so I keep water in my car. I keep gum. Mm. That's very important to me because, you know, some people eat onions. I love onions and I love garlic, you know, and those two things stink. Or even like mushrooms. I'm a real veggie guy. So like that shit stinks. And I don't know if I can cuss on the podcast. Sorry, guys. Um, (laughs) But I keep gum because if you're going into like the club or you're going to where, you know, you're going to be real social and you've been drinking or you've just been eating something that's really funky. What's going to come in handy, man? Some gum, some good peppermint gum. That's going to change the whole game for that writer. And See, this is what I think about this. I'm like, uh, what startup gum company right now needs to partner with Uber? Free gum, all drivers. Vincent what Thomas. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. My name is Vincent Thomas. And if you are a startup gum company, please send gum to me. I promise you, my email is vincentthomas11777 at gmail.com. Hit me up. I will sell the shit out of your gum. <laughs> oh, on that note, um, you, you can say the email again. We'll include it in the show notes, hopefully. I don't think we will. All this thing, a lot of the things we're referencing. But um, what is the best way for someone to reach out to you? Man, 
that's a good question because I do not use social media, guys. I, I when I do use social media, I'm I'm lurking, like I'm like the fly on the wall. Mm-hmm. So if you try to DM me on Instagram, which you can follow my Instagram, which is V Thomas. Except the capital T is a seven, so it's V seven H O M A S, and you can see like some of my old work on there or whatever. Um, but if you hit me up on socials, I will not be as responsive um but typically my phone number like text me i feel i know some people are like scared to put out their phone numbers and everything but i prefer text messages um just hit me up man um facetime or whatever you know i like to really get straight to it um or email emails are really i check my email every day you want to give both of those real quick yeah so my phone number oh my gosh and don't if you're listening to this don't be weird and like text some random crazy shit but it's 254-629-0545 and um my email is vincent thomas and that's my name v-i-n-c-e-n-t-t-h-o-m-a-s 11777 at com. yeah i've had some friends that have given out their numbers and on this podcast and uh, one of them being paul reese and he has a book out called the psychedelic christian Ooh. and allegedly he had like some phone calls that's a paradox (laughs) yeah oh yeah there's lots of paradoxes on on lots of these episodes including this one i bet if we had more if we spent more time talking about them um Mm -hmm. and he had apparently some crazy like life altering conversations for all parties involved wow i believe it man um i try not to live in fear and so we have one life and if anybody has been listening to this podcast and this episode specifically, and you're getting to learn a little bit about who I am on this earth, I'm a very receptive person, open. Um, I'm a healer. And those are the things that I will define myself as before anything else. And so even if you just want a simple conversation, I don't even have to know who you are. I My doors are very well so open. And um, I might not have a book on psychedelics, (laughs) but I do have experience and wisdom. And I think that goes a long way. Yes, sir. Yeah, I totally appreciate your time here and um, talking through some of these things. I mean, we talked, we touched on a lot and we are an hour and two minutes in. Is there anything else you're wanting to include? Badass. Check out Daniel's work everything he's doing um i've only gotten to to know him for a short amount of time but i can tell you guys and ladies this man is incredible his heart is big i feel it in the presence of this room right now if you were sitting here you will really enjoy yourself very comfortable atmosphere he's a family man with a beautiful daughter and you can just tell that he takes pride in that so Support this fellow creative here that's beside me and give him a listen, give him a read, support him in any way possible. <laughs> that's so nice. That's you have another that's another art form you have, I see. Would you thank call you. that affirmation maybe? Yeah. I feel it. And I th- thank you for that. Thank you. Like it, it's also extra special coming from a stranger. Stranger. yeah and i I mean i think at the very beginning you mentioned like there's no coincidences and definitely a believer in that um 
Is there a, is there a way that how would you describe when you know maybe synchronous like there's a strong synchronicity in the air? You feel it in your subconscious. Anyways, you if someone's like, what does that feel like? Mm-hmm. It's that gut feeling. You know how they say that you feel it in your gut. You get like butterflies. Get a little rumble, a little chill on your body, shakes, and you're like, whoa. It's like, that's it. That's the feeling. That's when you know things are synchronized. It's happening for you, with you, and around you. That's right. That's right. That's it. That's how I describe it. If I had to describe it as a sensor, sensational experience, it's like butterflies in my heart or in my mm-hmm. gut. And it's sort of like, oh, you know what to do. Like the reason those are there is because I'm supposed to do this action that mm-hmm. I already have in like my subconscious. For sure. And when I take action on those, those are definitely seemingly the most life altering in a way. Mm-hmm. As for instance, Mike, I don't know. Did I tell you? Did we tell you how I know my girlfriend? No. Oh, oh yeah, I gave her a ride one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the craziest thing was that I gave her a ride, and I was like, the whole time I was like, I had those feelings. Mm-hmm. And I knew, like, but I also knew, like, with my sister, I'm like, I'm just, just a community. Like, let's see if I can connect with her. No pressure. Mm-hmm. I had about 15 minutes, and we were connecting, and it was very soft, nothing crazy, just back, like, very casual. And at the very end, I gave her my card because she was asking about my supplements. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I was like, you got the iron thing? Like you definitely need to take some tribe vitamins. Like, and then the website's on the card, here you go. And afterwards I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Like, why, what did I do? Why did I not ask her for her number? Like, what did I, like I really had this feeling. It was a mix, it was a mix. And I've noticed this, that when I take action on these gut feelings, Mm -hmm. sometimes the outcome feels a little mixy. It's not always like, pure bliss (laughs) a lot of times it's like it is a lot of times it's some of the most blissful outcomes of my life Mm -hmm. but like in this moment it was like journey it was like what did that was that and i was like well you know what and then like in my unconscious and that subconscious i started thinking like i started planting the seed that was like Mm. she works here like i know where i picked her up from i'm like she works lives like I'll, I'm going to see her again. I'm going to see her again. Yeah. And like, I started remembering that future of seeing her again in a way. I mean, one day I went to this like international post office cause I had some shipments, I think to Germany and it was like during Christmas and I was like, no way. Cause I usually go to a local post office mm-hmm. and the line was out the door. I was like, no way, no way. So I was like about to just jet out the door and I was like, what the freak is that? That girl? I was like, is that the girl? And she was like in the back of the line. Wow. This huge line that I was like <laughs> refusing to get in. So I just, I was, all of a sudden I'm like, I put my stuff up at the front of the post office and I just take a turn around and I'm like, yep, that's her. And I just wow. stood behind. There was one person in between us. Spent about 20 minutes and then I took action at the end and here we are like seven months later. It was like one of the wow. like once again, like one of the biggest affirmations of my life of following those butterflies in my heart because I could not not follow them. Like I was about to rush out that door mad. And then when I saw that and I was like, Ugh! it was almost like a gut punch. It's like, oh my God, I'm staying in this line for sure. And I want it to be as long as possible. <laughs> First off, congratulations, man. And for sure, that's manifestation. That's what it's all about. Any anything on that? Any, any ways you've uh, manifested uh, things the best? Like any ideas yeah. around that? Specifically on that topic, I mean, you meet so many beautiful people 
like and i mean inside and out you know it's not always about the external but um that does play a role when it comes to attraction um and so i've met so many beautiful women through uber (laughs) like so many beautiful experiences and um you want to you want to maintain professionalism at all times and, and that uh, was what I was thinking at the time. I was like, I just don't know. If, I just don't feel right about asking her for a number. I, mean, I, like, I didn't want her to think that I'm a driver to ask for numbers. But then after when I didn't ask her for a number, I was like, what the fuck did I do? But then it turns out apparently all our drivers, like a lot of our drivers ask for a number. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's what's so funny about being in that position is you want to maintain your professionalism, but then you also want to follow that gut instinct that telling you like, hey, this might be something really special. And um, I I have those uh, moments where I, I, I was just like you. I was like, oh, man, she was she was hot. <laughs> and we had a great-ass connection, like the flirting, the, you know, the conversation being, like, very in-depth. It's, it's like almost like an instant gratitude and appreciation you want to show because um, you just know when you meet that type of connection and so i've had moments where i'm like gosh damn i should have gave my number i should have i should have gave like my social media off like i even had a one ride like um where i know i fumbled i fumbled the ball like completely dropped it and um the chick you know it was a fairly short ride it wasn't too long but um she had like a hurt ankle And and if you're listening to this podcast please like hit me up i gave my number out earlier but so like (laughs) hit me up but um she she got in the car and i you know i was just my normal self you know greeting and making sure i asked how the day was and everything and she just had this special spark about her she had like a hurt ankle and she was like using the cane and everything which was interesting because i was like oh that's like old lady shit (laughs) but she was like very young looking and i was like she's not an old lady so it instantly hit me like this is not an old lady getting into my car this is a hot ass (laughs) young woman like i'm really i'm really loving it and you know she was just like asking me questions and things about you know the city and just you know life in general and we're having a good conversation dropped off at the grocery store and it was that moment where she thanked me and typically you know somebody thank you it's a quick like oh thank you for the ride and you know wave off and everything where she thanked me before i dropped off and then at the end of the ride she thanked me again and it was something about that last thank you that was almost like an open invitation more and i was like hmm and so she was like thank you so 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 much and i'm like okay you know that's what it kind of logic kind of you know went into the brain like the the spark started happening the light bulb click on i'm like hold on and i turn around and i'm like and i just give her a good look and she looks at me and we just kind of had this eye connection we both smile and i'm like ah it was a so it was so long but so short of a moment <laughs> and i thought to myself i was like that was a moment where i should have dropped the whole fucking uber driving act and like that was a moment where i definitely should have shared my number or asked for her number or you know try to engage further because um 
yeah it was there it was so there so i understand how you feel when you're like ah because I, I was instantly after i left i was like well i can't go into the the king scoopers and like chase her down mm-hmm. and be like hey like <laughs> you know what i was just thinking we should go on a date sometime um and i maybe i could have but I, I that's not my style <laughs> and so um it was definitely a moment where i had after myself I, I contacted my brother i was like bro I fucked up. I should have definitely gave this last writer my number. She was so, so, so hot. And we both just was hitting it off so well. And he was like, yeah, you felt our, you found it. He was like, you felt the Thomas name. I'm like. Oh, no. So my, my, what I would say about that is, first of all, how long ago was this? This was this. It was literally a month ago. And then where was it at? In Boulder, Denver? It was, um fuck it was like in castle rock or something that's like highlands ranch yeah so it was a little out of my (laughs) way but uh but the thing is that's what i'm saying like you can my belief for me like in those situations my like my belief in my situation was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna when i see her like it was more like when i see her again that's what it was when i see (laughs) her again I am going to make it clear that I want to take her on a date. Facts. That was that was like I planted that seed hard in my like being. That was my way of out of like feeling churned about it. I was like, no, when I see her, sure. when I see her again, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it known this time. Next time I'll make it known. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw her outside <laughs> the Uber thing. It wasn't like I picked her up. If I picked her up, I probably made it known too. Mm-hmm. When I saw her, and I knew what to do. Big facts. That's what's up. That's what's and up. And I still man. fumbled. I still fumbled. I could have done it like probably <laughs> more cleaner, but it worked out. Well, I think that was the universe, you know, giving you a second chance for sure. Like, you know, it definitely wasn't coincidental. Um, it was definitely like a, hey, manifestation and progress. And you took advantage of that. I think um, for me, though, it might be a little different. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely picked up attractive women. Like, we're yeah. probably where I was like, well, if I see her again. Like, if there was like yeah. a bit, but this one was a win. I'm like, that oh, was a win. Yeah, that was like, oh, man, this is. Because I knew, I was like, oh, this is the girl that I was most attracted to that I've ever given a ride to. Like, wow. what the freak did I do? Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm going to tell her that. And I did tell her that that day. Wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's really what's up. Yeah. I was like, that was. Congratulations great. to the both of y'all. And thank you for giving my man's a chance. <laughs> seems pretty cool. <laughs> Well, on that note, we're like just over an hour and 13 minutes. I'm remembering a future of you seeing your friend from Castle Rock here somewhat soon. Um, anything else on your end? Man, that'll be fun. I think uh, let's just reiterate one thing. Take risk. Get out there. Use these platforms. Use these different stream of incomes and get uncomfortable. Get sociable and um, live a little. So Fun, comfortable. Fun comfortable was the other name, or F dash uncomfortable was the other name of the book I was playing with for the name for Breaking Normal. Oh wow! I'm, so I all I'm all about the fun comfortableness. That's how mm-hmm. I kind of described it too. Is like when it's fun comfortable, like when you know you're gonna get like. I've even heard it like recently. I listened to a book from Dale Carnegie. I think it was called um, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's like famous for that book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Have you ever heard of that book? Mm, no, but it sounds fun. Oh, he's real famous for that. But he has this other book that I started listening to. It's pretty freaking good. And uh, the point of what I was just bringing him up for, <laughs> there was something that you said that made me think of that book. Taking risk. What was the other thing you said? Living a little. Living a little. Getting uncomfortable. Getting uncomfortable. Getting sociable. 
Getting sociable. <laughs> oh, yeah. He told this story. He told the story of this person that was sick. They were literally sick. Mm-hmm. And they got better by public speaking. Mm. Like, they, at the end of it, they thought they realized that they may have been making themselves sick by not doing what they were called to do. Mm. And I, I like something about that when I was like, man, it's kind of like there was a little like fear mongering in there a little bit. <laughs> it's like, man, that's compelling. That's compelling because I do some, I do believe in like, you mentioned you're a healer. Like I believe in like a, like a spark, like a, a, a spontaneous, I don't know if it's spontaneous or like a divine spark or they can cause an instantaneous healing or they can mm-hmm. catalyze a healing. Well, there's different forms of healing. Mm-hmm. So many different forms of healing. You have touch. Mm-hmm. You have speech, you have love, dance, um, creative expression. So many different forms of healing that we are able to obtain on this earth, and to almost not believe that that's um, a special power that each of us hold individually, you it's almost ignorance, you know, because yeah, ignore. We, we are frequencies holders you know we are light beings on this earth and movement energy moves through us you know we are built up of water you know and waste <laughs> so essentially these different vibrations that we are able to speak out into the atmosphere they hold weight and they hold power man and so i definitely i definitely believe definitely believe and healing in in the essence of healing in different ways and different forms um so yeah man (laughs) so cool that that guy has a book about that and speaks on that i think that we can speak more on that as a society and rely more on on these powers that we hold Mm-hmm. Speaking of those powers that we hold, do you see those super? Did I tell you I was, I'm aiming to get rid of that thing? Yeah, I see that. This is like classic. Do you? Uh, can you imagine if you had painted something on that? Is that something you could do? Painting, painted over. Yeah, something. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I think I'm just feeling more creative in your presence. You know, you mm-hmm. you affirmed me about certain things, which I'm very thankful for. I thought that was very like that's a. I would affirm you on your ability to. Mm-hmm. firm people that's i think that's a rare gift you might have oh thank you a rarely like powerful gift how powerful it might be and then um oh yeah i think that there's probably i imagine people feel much more creative around you mm. like creative open as well i wonder if they do and um maybe almost more like a uh a presence like a mm-hmm. an easier presence Nice. An easier presence. Thank you. Yeah. I wanna I wanna bring that to the earth. A lot of the times if you're around me, I want you to feel the sense of like like I said earlier, freedom. It was a powerful energy that I felt and it was so transforming. And so I make it my intention to allow people to feel alive and feel open and feel room to breathe. Mm-hmm. Well, breathe on. You'll have to check out the video of me oming to my daughter. Have you seen that? No. What is it? Oh, that'll be one of the things. Plug if, it in. If you look at, if you look me up, that might be one of the first <laughs> things you find. Wow. How was that? Oh, basically, she was. Um, I was doing like a live video, and she was probably like six days old or something. Mm. And it was like my first check-in, so a good bit of people were watching. 
And then she started crying in my chest, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> Something like that. And then wow. she fell asleep. She went from screaming to falling asleep. Wow. And then all these like things started going crazy, all these hearts. And I was like, well, I was like, wow. Because it was me, it was almost natural. Yeah. So then I cut that 42 seconds, uploaded it on my Facebook uh, page. And it was getting a million views per hour for about 30 hours until every wow. news network around the world just re uploaded it. And all these social media oh. just, just took it and re uploaded it. You were And healing. then it slowed down. You were healing, dude. Yeah, but it was about 30 million. Yeah, it was like a million an hour you for about a day. You were healing millions of people. How does that feel? Uh, well, what it felt like is that, like, I cannot believe what, what I took it from it is that, like, my daughter, something about the connection between my daughter and I somehow may have, she has, she has arguably made the biggest impact on earth, like, number wise, out of anyone in such a short span of time. Because I think mm-hmm. she was like six days old. That was the part that was tripping me out a little bit. Because <laughs> I was like, there may be a billion people that have seen this. And wow. not only did these people see this, wasn't like a, like you see like a fox attack someone mm-hmm. and they run away and it's like, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's like, wow, oh my God, that's crazy. That's terrible. But this one was like, like like all these like mom groups and like yoga groups <laughs> and like Indian news and like the yeah. power boom like it became a, this thing and it still is it's like every once in a while it. a big social media network will take it again and share it and it goes viral it's just like and that it is it's the universal resonance I guess you know so. for sure I mean you have a powerful own <laughs> <laughs> and I, I will say like to people that are curious about that I mean I, people have actually come up to me like even when we were like traveling like oh my gosh I owned to my baby in the womb and I owned during the birth and I and now she like responds to my own and it's like the, the, you're the the guy and I was like <laughs> that's like so meaningful and I do think there's a little bit of strategy like if you own to the baby in the womb mm-hmm. that's like a thing they get used to hearing like the, yeah. the dad um then they um and maybe even the mom but it's different because i'm like i'm right there in the belly mm-hmm. and uh that they, they will recognize that much more likely what do you know why that happens just on even like a common sense like i'm not trying to get too scientific <laughs> oh, do yeah. you know that i mean i think it's like really kind of Davina was hearing like the essence of my soul like feeling and hearing the essence of my soul like on a vibrational level exactly you got it and I do think that there might be the best way to express that might be through something like an ohm mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting too like when you hear like these whales I don't know if you've heard these like videos it's like it sounds kind of like omish like underwater under an ocean it sounds sort of omish definitely definitely I have my own experience with my son as well I didn't record it <laughs> but um, I would always sing to my son I, I've, just hum you know humming and doing little frequency notes highs and lows and just seeing how he responded to each different ones and yeah he would fall asleep I would make my son fall asleep in seconds <laughs> And I think that's probably why it resonated because everyone had their own things. Like that's what a lot of comments were like. Oh, I used to do this with the vacuum cleaner, or I used to do this with exactly. singing, or I used to do this with like a, 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 a like a, a drumming on my chest or something. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow. Yeah, and there's something about a parent connecting with a new child. That's it's nostalgic, man. It's not just it's very nostalgic. I think everybody can resonate. Um, with a sense of sound, it's one of the first pleasures of life that we hear as adolescents. 
And I think it's important to bring a pure sound into um, your life, your seed. Because like you said, that it's going to carry into their journey. Um, subconsciously though, you know, they may not remember exactly what to say. She may never remember that on, unless you watch the video. Of course, the video will always be the reminder. But just subconsciously, she will always hold that with her in her journey. And so it, it's going to be pretty exciting to see how that, you know, reveals itself as she grows and matures into a, a, a woman. Um, you should be proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I don't know if what to call it exactly, but it's it's the best. <laughs> Davina. And I can imagine you would think the same about Kai. 100%, man. Man, well, thanks for sharing some time for her, uh, with me, for both of them and both of us and all whoever else. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I can talk all day on this podcast. So <laughs> I, I have enjoyed myself. Thank you for allowing me into your space, into your home. Oh, for out. sure. The schedule is synchronicity. And what's more pure than play? I felt this was like a playful conversation around the synchronicity that we're having. <laughs> we'll see where it goes from here. Keep breaking normal, y'all. Appendix. Top 10 hacks for breaking normal. Number one, wake up. Wake up naturally, no alarms, no electronic devices, and don't stress about doing it. Simply do it if and when you want to. Sleep when you're tired and wake up when you're rested. Simple, right? It is, but look at how many challenges we create for ourselves by not doing it. Look at all the stress that comes from trying to outsmart our bodies rather than work with them. For what? We all know how good it feels going to bed on Friday night knowing that we get to sleep in on Saturday morning. It's wonderful. Even the thought of it makes us smile. So why don't we do it every night? Why don't we surrender to sleep when our bodies tell us? Stay asleep as long as it needs and wake up when it naturally wants. Because it's not realistic? Because it's not practical? Actually, it's very realistic, very practical, and what's more, it's very sensible. It took quite a story to convince us otherwise. Imagine going to bed every night with a feeling of abundance rather than scarcity. Imagine getting all the sleep you need and desire. How could that abundance not carry over into the rest of your day? Perhaps the resistance to this idea, writing it off because you think it is impossible, is indicative of how far you've actually strayed. Sure, you might have to make some other life changes in order to make it happen, but by changing the way you wake up, you might actually wake up. Number two, cold shower and or polar plunge after getting out of bed. Cold water is a game changer. It wakes you up better than coffee or tea, not that I'm against either, and provides huge health benefits. It is a natural stimulant to the sympathetic nervous system, increases alertness, reduces inflammation, circulates blood and lymph, accelerates metabolism, enhances immune function, and speeds recovery. Cold water is a good spiritual practice. You can think about it all you want. You can stand in the shower with your hand on the knob or dip your toe in the water in procrastination. But eventually, you get to turn off your mind and jump in. 
Cold showers get you fun, comfortable first thing in the morning, reinforcing the daily habit of going outside your comfort zone because that's where all the growth takes place. And if you don't have what it takes to practice being fun, comfortable in the comfort of your own home, what business do you have being fun, comfortable in front of a crowd? How will you lead others to grow if you can't lead yourself? Number three, hydrate. The solution to pollution is dilution. When you think you are hungry, drink some water first, the best water you can get, infused with fresh lemon. You might find, after drinking a liter or so, that you weren't actually hungry, only thirsty. If you do eat afterwards, however, your digestion will be improved. Lemon has healthy enzymes, electrolytes, and vitamin C, and helps alkalize the body. Chew your water. Drink it slowly. Swish it in your mouth. Mix it with saliva before swallowing it down. Drink water first thing in the morning before eating breakfast, and drink plenty more throughout the day. Number four, sit in the sun, naked. Not only for the vitamin D, not only because it's fun comfortable, not only because it increases healthy hormone production, gives you energy and makes you grow, do it because it feels good. Do it because it is your birthright. Find the balance between too much sun and too little sun. Bonus, get grounded while you're at it. Go barefoot in the grass, in the dirt, on the beach, etc. Shoes are great, but the shadow side is that they might separate us from the Earth's electric current. So go outside with your shoes off and see how your mood changes. Water, paradoxically, is also grounding. Walk through a creek, in the rain, or beneath a waterfall. Not only will this ground you, it will flood you with mood-enhancing negative ions. Maybe kids have so much energy and spirit because they run barefoot through the grass while playing with hoses and sprinklers. Number five, consciously eat local, organic, in-season foods with an attitude of gratitude for each ingredient and how it got to you. Take a moment to smell your food, look at your food, touch it, appreciate it, and pray for it. Maybe the degree to which you can be grateful for your food is the degree to which your food will be good for you. Know that what you are eating is turning into you, becoming a part of your body, providing fuel for your fire. Drink your food and chew your water. Number six, functional fitness. Keyword, fun. Working out can be fun. So whatever that means to you, that's what I'd advise you to do. Sometimes I do it outside, in the sun, in the grass, doing whatever I feel, like a 100% effort. Sprints, handstands, squats, pull-ups, dead hangs, etc. I get more done in seemingly less time, though in actuality, time itself is flying by, because I'm having fun. Other days I go to the gym because that's what I feel like doing. Those days might be more traditional workouts, but I upgrade them by simultaneously listening to motivational speeches and mixes. It's a heightened sensory experience. Rather than only hearing the words, I feel them with my whole body. I absorb them into my mind, heart, muscles, and lungs. Literally, I am growing inside out, strengthening inside and out, overcoming resistance externally while pushing myself internally. Bonus, listen to audiobooks while getting massages. 
it feels as if the words are being rubbed directly into you, allowing you to absorb more of what you're learning. Number seven, tell the truth. Practice being more honest in your daily life and relations. Use this phrase to get you over that hump of resistance. I have something I want to share, but I observe that I'm nervous to do so. Typically for me, that earns a thoughtful expression out of my listener and they give me the floor. Number eight, meditate and pray. Prayer is when you're speaking to God. Meditation is when you're listening to God. Recognize or experiment with the idea that whenever you are speaking, you are praying, and whenever you are listening, you are meditating. Everything you say is a prayer, and even if it seems like no one is listening, the Creator can hear every word. Conversely, whenever you are listening, listen closely, because God is telling you something. Number nine, get paid to do the things you love to do the things you would pay to do, and or the things you would continue to do regardless of whether you're getting paid to do them. Those things that make time and space disappear from consciousness are tied closely to your gift. You love to do them and you give your love by doing them. Make the choice to live in that state of natural abundance which is unavoidable and everywhere you look. Make your work be something that fills you up for that is the most sustainable job you can have. Number 10, do these exercises. I've found that the best way to do these exercises is to conduct your own workshops for friends and family. First, give testimonials about how much you yourself have gotten out of these exercises. Second, extend the invitation for other people to join you. Invite them to invest time and money in something that you are willing to put on because of the results you yourself have gotten. Giving them the opportunity to invest money in the experience catalyzes them to get the value out of it. Third, take the lead and go first. If it's the confession exercise, you confess first. If it's the notice and imagine exercise, you go first. If it's the sharing judgments exercise, share your judgments. Lastly, Team up with the people who seem most stoked by these ideas to attract even more attractive people.